Very early on, we saw some stories about hydroxychloroquine, a potential treatment for COVID-19. There were some studies done that said that combining HQC with azithromycin and zinc could actually reduce the symptoms and help people get better. All of a sudden, Donald Trump came out and said, have you seen this great study? Very promising. Like clockwork, the media came out and opposed it, saying it was unproven, no evidence. And sure enough, we saw proof beyond a reasonable doubt. The Lancet, prominent scientific journal, saw a couple studies come out saying that this will kill you. And when Donald Trump announced that he was taking hydroxychloroquine, what did we see? From, what did we hear from the media? Even Fox News said, do not take it. It will kill you. Now, my response, of course, was ignore the pundits. Talk to your doctor. And now something truly horrifying is happening. Two studies, one having to do with hydroxychloroquine has been retracted. And because of this, the World Health Organization is resuming studies. Dare I say, Trump was right. Not necessarily right and to the greatest extent that it will save you, but right enough that it was a safe drug and you can try it. And he was hopeful. That's all he said. I remember listening to one of his press conferences where he said, look, it might work. It might not, but I'm hopeful. Hydroxychloroquine has been approved for other uses. It may work off label in this regard. But the media and the establishment was so hell bent on saying orange man bad and he's wrong. This is what they did. Conveniently, this happens around the time that they're now saying we don't need to social distance anymore. And perhaps we never did. What was the point of the lockdown? Our leaders have lied to us. The media has lied to us. The whole narrative is breaking apart and nothing makes sense anymore. Recently, Donald Trump gave a speech and he was talking about racial equality. What did the media do? They ran with the narrative that Donald Trump said that George Floyd would be looking down from heaven happy that the jobs are coming back. He never said this. They're lying. Things are getting absolutely insane out there, man. And it's becoming harder and harder to understand what reality actually is because they are lying to you. Let's go over some of this. And, and the gist of the story today is, look, most of us knew hydroxychloroquine was probably fine because it's been around for 50 years. Doctors had been recommending it. Many doctors filled out surveys saying this, this drug could work. But ultimately, you just talk to your doctor. Don't take my advice. Don't take any of their advice. But the, the World Health Organization shut down trials of this because of a study that came out that was wrong. The hatred for Donald Trump is destroying our medical industry, our, our media industries. These people have gone insane. And because of it, there's no, there's, there's no way to understand what's really happening out there anymore. Let's read this. But what I really want to do is show you a couple things. Not so much that these stories are retracted that you get. But this story from Fox News, Dr. Mark Siegel on faulty HQC data, this is a political hit job. It's not just about Trump being wrong. It's about them sacrificing human lives because they hate Donald Trump. And beyond that, we have uh, a couple other stories. Right now, Medical professionals following this news are straight up saying, I kid you not, you got to see this, you got to see this statement, that public health advocates are not condemning the protests, but they are condemning the stay at home, uh, the anti-stay home protests. I kid you not. They're literally saying, if you want to protest for Black Lives Matter, it's totally safe. However, if you want to protest against the lockdown, that's not safe. That's, that's literally impossible. You see what's happening. I don't know, man. 
let's uh, let's let's start with a story about the political hit job, how the HQC HQC data was manipulated, I suppose, to hurt Trump. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. The best thing you can do, share this video. I don't know if it matters, man, at this point. The mainstream media is is fractured and completely broken. Their narrative is shattered. And these two worldviews they're trying to create at the same time, these two narratives make literally no sense. On one narrative, Black Lives Matter, you must go out and protest. The protests are good. The riots are the language of the unheard. At the exact same time, CNN is out there saying, oh, but Trump isn't social distancing. Uh, What are we supposed to believe? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know. But at least sharing this will maybe show people what's going on with the media. So sharing really does help. Otherwise, just hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Maybe that's enough for YouTube to actually recommend my content. But let's read the story from Fox News. They report a retracted study on hydroxychloroquine and news the coronavirus may be mutating drew reactions Friday night from Fox News medical contributor Dr. Mark Siegel. So Lancet, with egg on its face, a renowned journal is suddenly withdrawing this study. Siegel noted during an appearance on Tucker Carlson tonight. Surgisphere Corp was called into question. A database by Surgisphere Corp of Chicago was used in an observational study of nearly 100,000 patients that appeared May 22nd in The Lancet, an influential medical journal. The study tied the malaria drugs hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine to a higher risk of death in hospitalized patients with the virus. The validity of the data, however, has been called into question. The Guardian reports that Surgisphere has so far failed to adequately explain its data or methodology and says the company's handful of employees appear to include a science fiction writer and an adult content model. Wow. Siegel now says the only question is whether the malaria malaria drugs work. Does hydroxychloroquine actually work early in the game to help decrease the symptoms of COVID-19? It's been studied in the lab as an antiviral. Medical, we don't know yet. Political, we know this is a political hit job. Well, there it is, man. I'm sorry. I can't uh, look. I can try and explain this away, to be honest. I can argue that the people who did the study were politically biased because of the fake news and thus created a fake scientific study that uh, in all likelihood got people killed. Uh, Maybe a small amount, depending on the actual help uh, preventative measures HQC could have done for people. We know that there was a woman in Michigan who was dying of COVID and was given HQC or I'm sorry, uh, HCQ. Have I been saying HQC? Hydroxychloroquine. And then personally thanked Donald Trump for recommending because it saved her life. She was a Democrat. She was censured for this. Because of stories like this, I can only conclude this is intentional. They're trying to do everything in their power to make Trump fail, even if it means people die because they're not being given access to this drug. Apparently, they issued guidelines, some doctors saying they couldn't prescribe this to people. This is shockingly dangerous. Let's see. Siegel also addressed that doctors at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center said Thursday that the coronavirus appears to be declining both in virulence and its infection rate. The virus appears to be getting milder. People who are being admitted have milder symptoms. We heard the same thing out of northern Italy. And guess what? I have been hearing the same thing from many doctors here in New York City over the past week or two. You mean to tell me the moment riots erupt, they say it's safe now? I'll tell you what happens. Conservatives and moderates and independent media come out and challenge this and they get banned on YouTube. They get demonetized. They get ridiculed and mocked. And then we see this. Take a look at this tweet. Lindsay Bayerstein is a journalist and she tweeted, the consensus around social distancing isn't over. 
It's evolving to accommodate new evidence. We're learning that social distancing may not be as important outdoors. If large masked outdoor gatherings aren't that dangerous, that's great news. It opens up the possibility of all kinds of things moving outdoors during the summer without intolerable risk from church to music festivals, as long as people keep distancing indoors. This could be the best thing that ever happened for the longevity of social distancing where it counts indoors. It's absolutely amazing. You know why? They're just now starting to post this. Journalists are just now starting to say what we have already known. I was once told by a journalist that I have the unfortunate privilege of being ahead of the market. Why? I guess because I do actual journalism and research and pay attention. And now here we are. When I was coming out and saying at first in favor of the lockdown and then later saying, hey, the data suggests the lockdowns are bad. Why aren't we reopening? Mainstream journalists ignored this. They don't care. They don't pay attention. Andrew Cuomo, in my opinion, probably exploited it. Why? On May 6th, he said he knew people at home were more likely to get infected. A couple weeks later, Dr. Deborah Burks asked the CDC to study whether lockdowns were resulting in a sustained infection rate. No matter how many times we, independent media, whatever, said this, it was ignored. And Cuomo wouldn't lift the lockdown. Take a look at this. A letter from medical experts. As public health advocates, we do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission. This should not be confused with a permissive stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay home orders. Wow. This is political. It's all political. I'm sorry. Look, I'm not one for conspiracies. Absolutely not. I am a fan of Occam's razor. The simple solution tends to be the correct one. There is no other explanation when a thousand plus medical professionals sign a letter saying don't shut down protests using coronavirus concerns as an excuse, but do shut down the other side. And there it is. Now, the quote is actually a little bit longer. They say they they added this. Uh, As public health advocates, we do not condemn these gatherings as risky. They say we support them as vital to the national public health. And to, the threatened, uh, and to the threatened health specifically of black people in the United States. We can show that support by facilitating safest protesting practices without detracting from demonstrators' ability to gather and demand change. This should not be confused with a permissive stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay-home orders. And there it is, the letter from medical professionals. The nurses who blocked cars who were praised and cherished and went viral while the left celebrated and people were ridiculed for wanting their businesses back. They were they said, oh, you want a haircut? And so so you're going to risk everyone's life. And now they say something that's still kind of in line with this. Well, you know, protesting for Black Lives Matter is much more noble than people wanting haircuts. That's called a straw man. It's reductive. The argument from the right wasn't that we want haircuts, although some people jokingly had these signs, which I think are kind of dumb. It's that people wanted their jobs back so they could pay for food and pay their rent. Instead, the people on the left said, why don't you just demand the government pay for everything for you? And people on the right said, because we want to work and we want our jobs back. And they were ridiculed the entire time. Now, we are still under lockdown. The lockdowns are slowly being lifted and doctors are literally out protesting. I'm not I'm not kidding. They call it white coats for black lives. And doctors and nurses are literally marching down the street. That protest is okay. That's a nebulous protest that solves nothing. No, I I mean, seriously, what will protesting for Black Lives Matter do? You have an answer. 
It may raise awareness. One, I think it has. A lot of media brands have been playing this viral meme game where they post, you know, various messages about the the racial makeup of their companies. Has it actually implemented any changes? No, Uh, no changes. Literally none. I mean, maybe the police department will be uh, disbanded. Maybe all these other police departments will be disbanded. I don't know. There's talk of reforming police in Minneapolis. I believe the city council has voted in favor of several measures. There's talk of defunding the the, uh, LAPD to the tune of 100 or so million dollars, which is negligible to, I believe, their multi-billion dollar budget. So you can argue those are some changes, but they're not tangible direct changes that we can actually see. Giving money or making rules haven't actually hard changed anything yet. But But to be fair, voting for police reform, I think, is one thing that's happened so far. When it comes to what the lockdown protesters were asking for, they were saying, allow our businesses to reopen or very much so reopening their businesses. That is a direct, tangible action that was being asked for. Nebulous demands for the most part, like ending the war on the black on black communities, doesn't really define anything that we can actually take action on. But this is what doctors and nurses will come out for. The reason I'm, I'm drawing this distinction is not to say that one protest is better than the other. You might think so, and that's fine. It's to say that there's no timeline for for when the Black Lives Matter protests will actually stop. Meaning, if some anti-lockdown protesters go out and say reopen things, they can reopen things and then people will be like, okay, we're done. But the Black Lives Matter protests have been going on for a decade and nothing's changed. So the doctors and nurses wearing full protective gear clapping for it will change nothing in the immediate in the immediate and thus the risk of COVID will be pronounced. But of course, like most of you probably realized, it was a political hit job. That's what it was, right? When they said anti-lockdown protesters couldn't go out, the media ran crazy stories about dumb rednecks going to risk everybody's life. And then as soon as they came out, they are literally telling you right now, one protest is okay and one isn't. Our ideas are better than your ideas. This was the point of the First Amendment. So the government could not do this. When New York tells you you can't protest and then allows these protests, they are spitting on the Constitution and laughing in your face. When Michigan does the same thing, when these doctors do the same thing and the government doesn't do anything about it, they're spitting on you. So you have curfew in some places. Well, the protesters are exempt, they say. But delivery drivers, you see the video from New York, a guy, a delivery guy gets arrested for, for violating curfew. Nope, but these protesters are allowed. They put out the curfew, rules for thee, but not for me. I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, uh, what you can expect from this moving forward, because the lies are blatant at this point. I, I, don't, I don't know what they expect to happen at this point, because now I would imagine trust in the media would hit zero, completely rock bottom. We've already talked about how the Brett Kavanaugh and Joe Biden accusations were the double standard was so obvious to everybody and trust in the media has been plummeting like crazy. Now you literally have a story from Vice I talked about yesterday where they said that police weren't allowing protesters to social distance properly in jail. Think about how insane that is. Oh, they're allowed to protest and not social distance, but it's the police fault that they're now not social distancing. There you go. Well, the latest hoax is here. Here's what Yahoo writes. And this is complete fake news, mind you. Trump says he hopes George Floyd is looking down and celebrating jobs report. This is a great day for him. News guards certified fake news. For those that aren't familiar, 
to be safe, I use NewsGuard to make sure that, you know, I'm not using any fringe sources they could try and, and, and hold against me. No, no. Um, NewsGuard verifies all these outlets and Yahoo is verified. And here's what they write. President Trump on Friday strode to a lectern in the White House Rose Garden to tout an unexpectedly good jobs report that showed the U.S. unemployment rate falling in May to 13.3 percent as 2.7 million people who had been furloughed uh, returned to work. During a 45 minute stream of consciousness, often rambling speech, Trump all but declared victory in his administration response to both the pandemic and protests over the death of George Floyd, calling the jobs report a tremendous tribute to equality. The president said he hoped Floyd, an unarmed black man who was killed by police, would be looking down from heaven and approve of the job he is doing on the economy. Hopefully, George is looking down right now and saying this is a great thing that's happening for our country. This is a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. Yes, the fake news seems so obvious, right? Well, if you're a moderate or a conservative, we know that you're likely to mix it up. Read a little bit of news on the left, a little bit of news on the right. Moderates tend to read news from the left, but about a third of it comes from the right. Conservatives are inverted. Two thirds of their sources come from conservative and about a third comes from liberal sources, which means there's a general understanding between moderates and conservatives as to what they believe and why. The left gets like 95% of their news from liberal sources, overwhelmingly. If you were to read this and believe it, you'd be wrong. If you were to read the mainstream media and nothing else, you probably would believe this. But if you're a moderate or conservative, you look at this and you say, this makes no sense. This can't literally be what happened. And no, it's not what happened. Jerry Dunleavy tweeted Trump's full George Floyd quote. And here it is. He said, equal justice under the law must mean that every American receives equal treatment in every encounter with law enforcement, regardless of race, color, gender, or creed. They have a they have to receive fair treatment from law enforcement. They have to receive it. We all saw what happened last week. We can't let that happen. Hopefully, George is looking down right now and saying, this is a great thing that's happening for our country. It's a great day for him. It's a great day for everybody. This is a great day for everybody. This is a great day in terms of equality. It's really what our constitution requires, and it's what our country is all about. Do you know why they've lied about what Donald Trump is saying? Because Donald Trump is saying the protests for George Floyd are a good thing. I agree. The protests for George Floyd are a good thing. The riots aren't. The looting isn't. The vandalism isn't. But the peaceful protesters who have come out and staged mass protests, I love it. I'm down. I love it when the First Amendment gets exercised. Do it to it, brothers. Late. There, there's one where they're laying down with their hands behind their back. I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. Now, we can call it the rioters and the looters and defend the peaceful protests, which, in my opinion, have been very effective. Listen, they like to say the rioting works, but the protests have ignited all of these brands to, to uh, post these messages. It's made real change. You didn't need to go and destroy things. People didn't need to lose their lives. But think about what the narrative would have been if they reported what Trump said truthfully. Trump said the protests are good. Uh oh. Well, as they have to oppose everything Trump does, you can now see why they must lie. When Trump said hydroxychloroquine, they lied. They said hydroxychloroquine was bad. The Babylon Bee wrote a story. They said ingenious move. It's a satirical paper. Trump supports impeachment, forcing Democrats to oppose. And that's it. If the media truthfully reported that Trump supported George Floyd protests, they would have to condemn the George Floyd protests. They can't do that, can they? Check out this story from Newsbusters. Mitchell takes Trump out of contest on Floyd and job numbers. 
They say, despite the better than expected numbers, Kristen Welker reporting from the streets of D.C. contended that Trump still needs to do better. That is going to be one of the key questions from uh, that President Trump is going to have to answer as well. What is he going to do about black unemployment, which continues to be one of the issues that plagues the African-American community? Back in the studio, Mitchell teed up for former RNC chairman Michael Steele, a clip of Trump talking about George Floyd. The president did mention George Floyd almost in passing while discussing the economy and saying the great economic numbers is something George Floyd could be looking down from heaven and enjoying. And there's the lie. It's just not true. Don Lemon recently said Trump couldn't take a one minute out of his day for George Floyd. The Trump campaign produced a video that was taken down from Twitter. It was uh, calling it was in favor of the protests. It was speaking out favorably for George Floyd and condemning the murder. And it was condemning the riots. Twitter took it down for a DMCA notice. I think it's because he used some music or something. Probably the case. I don't know. Then once this is removed and no one knows it exists, they all run with the fake narrative. We have a real we have a serious problem in this country, and it's that liberals don't get their news from anything other than a broken news machine that wants ratings. Because of this, they don't actually know what's really going on, and they believe insane things. And you can't even explain them the truth to them because they wig out and get super angry. I tell you this, man, it is the new religion. I remember what it was like when I was growing up to try and tell people things who were super religious and they didn't want to hear it. Today, totally inverted. Now you try and talk to some of these liberals and they refuse. Maybe it's because they only get their news from fractured and broken journalism. And maybe these old guard news outlets need to go away. If you're on YouTube, you can fall into an echo chamber and you definitely should not only watch one channel. I appreciate it when people tell me they disagree, but like watching anyway, I'm glad that we can have this discourse. If, if you find yourself only watching me, I've seen people say things like, Tim, you're my, you're my main source for all this news. Like, dude, there's a lot of stories I don't talk about. You definitely got to watch other YouTubers and you definitely got to watch people you don't like and think are lying or think are wrong. I've recommended some progressives in the past and have had people say, yeah, but they're so obviously lying. And it's like, good, good, good. Well, you, you, have to, you have to hear what they're saying. If you think they're lying and you can prove it, now you know why people think the way they do. The weird thing that's happened throughout all of this is that because of the media's desperation, one, in hatred of Trump, and two, to desperately make money, they've created these weird, broken political factions that just unfortunately make no sense. I don't know what left and right means anymore. I really don't. How is it that our culture war is split between conservatives in favor of a 50-year-old medication and liberals calling it unsafe? How is that a left or right political position? It's not. It makes no sense. You'd think you could be liberal and be for or against a medication. No. The conservatives say we are interested in this medication and the left says, no, it's dangerous. I'm sorry. Is that what we're arguing about now? So people argue about what it means to be left or right, conservative or liberal. And for now, it really comes down to which media do you read? Do you only watch left wing media? Okay, then you're probably getting fake fake news. Do you watch a little bit of both? Then you're probably going to have a better view of the world and your brain won't be trapped in some nonsensical nightmare realm where Trump is literally Hitler. But I can't tell you what to do, man. If people don't want to listen, what do you say? You can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? Or the even sillier one, you can bring a horse to Harvard, but you can't teach them or you can't make them learn. These people won't learn. They're posting insane things on, on Facebook and Twitter. They're screaming that you're killing grandma. They're screaming, this drug is dangerous. Why is Trump touting this? And then here's what I think. 
They wanted to smear Trump and say he was promoting a dangerous drug. But hydroxychloroquine is safe and they knew it and they can't get rid of a safe drug. So what happens? As soon as they're done with the smear campaign, the studies are retracted. The usefulness is gone. Trump's not talking about hydroxychloroquine anymore. And now they don't need to either. And here we are. Now that the lockdown is, the lockdown is still in effect, but their protesters are getting angry. So now we don't need a social distance anymore. The usefulness of COVID is over and thus they no longer support it. I, I have a feeling that Trump's going to win in a landslide, but I could be wrong. I mean, you got a lot of dumb people out there that are brainwashed. I guess I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment will be coming up at 6 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastnews. And I'll see you all then. Tucker Carlson devoted a segment to slamming celebrities and celebrity organizations for donating to bail funds, which pay to get rioters out of jail. And there's some nuance that needs to be brought into this conversation. Now, of course, right now on Twitter, what's trending is Cucker Tarlson, which is so clever. You know, what's really funny about it is that whenever I tweet something they don't like, they call me Pim Tool. It really does seem like the best thing they can muster is just inverting the first letters of your first and last name. Congratulations. You've discovered a first grade insult. We have a story from Insider. Tucker Carlson suggested rapper Lil Nas X and others, quote, helped incite riots by donating to organizer bail funds. The celebrity responses were priceless. No, the the celebrity responses were kind of dry and (laughs) inane. I mean, they made their comments. Tucker made his. Honestly, I I looked through Lil Nas's Twitter account. I haven't really seen anything. So maybe I'm missing something he may have said, but I don't see the dude inciting riots or anything. I do think there is a bit of naivete in donating to the bail funds of a lot of these organizations. But it is fair to point out we're dealing with two very distinct things with a slight overlap. There are peaceful protesters. The Peaceful protesters are awesome. They did this one thing where they all laid down in the street. Totally cool. There were prote- I believe it was in another location. It might have been DC. I'm not sure. The peaceful protesters actually stopped some dude who was like an Antifa guy. These people are all right, man. And so if these people are minding their own business, doing their peaceful thing, and then a conflict breaks out between police and protester, and somebody wants to pay the bail fund for that, I honestly don't have a problem with that. However, we also have the extreme, the opportunistic looters who may actually get lumped up in with the protesters. It's not necessarily the fault of the protesters this happens, but the bail funds will be used to get some of these people out of jail as well. And then you have the overlap. Ideological extremists who have been arrested for committing overt acts of violence against police, and they're going to get bailed out as well. There's no proper solution to what this is. Tucker Carlson, I think, goes a little far in saying that's inciting riots by paying the bail funds for a lot of these people. But I don't know what what you do when you have an overlap like this. In the end, people are going to draw the line and say, here's what I think is more important. Some people are going to say, dude, don't bail these people out because the rioting is getting insane. And you might actually bail out someone who committed a crime. While others are going to say everyone is, is, is innocent until proven guilty. And it's better that, you know, innocent people's escape than innocent than, uh, than guilty. I'm sorry, it's better that guilty persons escape than innocent people suffer. All that really matters is in the end of all of this, people are going to choose the media they want to consume and use it as the basis for how they view the world. Unfortunately for us, what this means is that you have a a left in this country that is notorious for only consuming left-wing media. They're now shocked because the only thing they see is police brutality. You then have moderates and conservatives who mix up 
their their view on things. So of course, conservatives made this video go viral where they stopped the Antifa guy and give him to the police. They were all cheering for it. And many people on the left see this and say, see, we're stopping the extremists. But what the left is missing is that a lot of these people who are claiming to be protesters are go around sma- going around smashing windows and stealing stuff. I put out a tweet. It's a picture of a woman and she's holding a Black Lives Matter sign. And the next picture is her running out of like, you know, running on the street, carrying a bunch of stuff. I don't know if that means she was looting. I can't accuse her innocent until proven guilty. And it's just a photo. But I think it's fair to point this out, man. You are not you, you are being taken advantage of. And I can't tell you what there is more of. I honestly do believe there are substantially more peaceful protests. I do believe that there is a lot of police overstep, overreach and, and excessive force and brutality. Now, it's a sliding scale, not acting like every single cop is going around beating every single person. But come on, man, there have been some really messed up photos and videos, right? You've got the, the, the guy, the cop shoots him nearly point blank in the face with a tear gas canister. That's insane. You got the homeless guy in L.A. And this is crazy. I don't know if you've seen this video or this photo. Homeless guy in a wheelchair, face covered in blood. And there's a cop pointing his, his you know, uh, t- canister rifle, whatever it's called, at the homeless guy. The other cops look like they're yelling at him, like, no, no, like, don't do this. And these, these, these things go viral, man. So listen, there are real criticisms to go around for every single person. The ultimate challenge I, I, I see is that, for one, man, I think Tucker Carlson is making a good point in calling out all of these celebrities. Not necessarily for the same reason, right? Let, 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 me, let me read the story. And I've got a lot more I want to talk about because this is going to blow your mind. What's happening now was actually passively predicted in 2012. Let me show you this real quick. This is from Vice 2012. This is from before I got hired at Vice. 2012 is BS. 2020 is when, we're really, when we'll really be in trouble. And you know why? This dude straight up says, Cycles of violence are on a 50, it's a 50 it's a year of violent, uh, cycle of violence. So ignore 2012. You know what's going to be bad is 2020. And he says he thinks it's going to get violence. It's going to get violence. It's going to be a ton of violence. Yeah, <laughs> that's happening. Maybe 2020 is the start of all this, man. I don't know. But let's, uh, let's read some of the story. Show you what, Tuck, what, what, well, what they claim Tucker Carlson said. But I, I want to talk about Tucker. They say Janelle Monet. Kilani and Harry Styles are part of an outpouring of celebrities who have donated to organizer bail funds, civil rights organizations, and other efforts to support the ongoing protests against police brutality and anti-blackness that have erupted across the U.S. Anti-blackness doesn't really mean anything, so I don't know what, what they're trying to reference with that. But on Friday night, Fox News commenter Tucker Carlson suggested these celebrities are, quote, paying to get violent rioters out of jail. Carlson listed a number of prominent celebrities, including Seth Rogen, Steve Carell, and Blake Lively, for donating to various causes as pictures of their headshots scrolled quickly beside him. In particular, Tucker suggested Grammy award-winning rapper Lil Nas X helped incite riots by telling his 4.7 million Twitter followers to donate to protester bail funds in Chicago, New York, and Philadelphia. Imagine if he used those followers instead to help small businesses destroyed by the riots he helped incite. I looked through Lil Nas's Twitter account. There's, there's, there's him saying like, we're going to press on this. We're going to push on this. He's posting videos of police over, uh, overreach. One video is, uh, uh, I would say it's definite excessive force. The cops pull up and fire pepper balls at a group of young black men. Man, these things are happening. And, and, and you are right to speak out against the state repressing citizens, minding their own business. Now there's an overlap and this is where things get challenging. Within the peaceful protests, you have a section of people who are ideologues, who want to riot and incite violence. These people will get arrested. On the other side, you have opportunistic looters and there's the overlap between them. I'm not, look, man, 
I, I, I do kind of roll my eyes at these celebrities who are donating all this because they're just vapid and they have no idea what they're talking about. That's the bigger issue. Lil Nas X says this man just lied and told millions of people on national television that I was inciting riots. You can't make this up. Well, I'll tell you what, man, it's 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 an opinion. It is. It's not it's not fun. It's not fair. I don't like it. I think Tucker should not have gone as far as to say they're literally inciting violence because some of the people who are getting bailed out are looters and rioters. I think that's an inherent problem. But I got to lean towards liberty on this one. So what do we do in this regard? I honestly don't know. I don't like the idea of people being presumed guilty. Where there's the assumption that every single person who's getting arrested was is, is caught doing something specific. No, man. Look, in 20 uh, early 2012, I was filming a protest in New York, and this was this was uh, this was direct civil disobedience. It wasn't violent. It was protesters running through the streets. The police grabbed a photographer off the sidewalk and arrested him, and lied in their paperwork and under oath. That blew my mind. They lied under oath. That was crazy. The lady claimed he was he was blocking the street. Never happened. Fortunately for this guy, I'd been live streaming at the time. And so when the court saw that he was actually minding his own business on the sidewalk and they arrested him for no reason, the charges were immediately dropped. I was angry that there were no charges brought against the cop who lied under oath to falsely prosecute a photographer who did nothing wrong. The really sad thing about it is that photographer was actually going down to document the police side of the issue to support them, saying something to the effect of, we only ever get the protesters perspective on this. And he wanted to show what the police were doing and what they were dealing with. And they, got, they, they went and arrested the guy. That being said, I'm not saying every single person arrested was falsely arrested. There is a real, a, a real ethical conundrum in if you have, you know, a thousand protesters and 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 instigate the conflict between police, you now have, you know, hundreds of protesters or, or whatever, what number did I give a thousand? You now have a, a large group of protesters who did nothing wrong, who are standing there under the first amendment and the police move in to clear things out and people will end up getting arrested. We also have videos popping up all over New York where the, these cops are doing art, make, making arbitrary arrests. I'm sorry, man. I lean towards uh, uh, Blackstone's formulation. It is better that 10, 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. But this is what I, this, 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 you know, here's the main point, right? I don't care about these cities anymore. They deserve what they get. They vote for it. They get it. And the people who don't like it don't speak up. They don't get what they want. So why should I care? I got to be honest, if these cities are burning, okay, and the people who live in these cities will not stand up to stop it, what do you want? What do you expect from, from anybody else? Look, man, we just saw 57 uh, emergency response team members in Buffalo resign in protest over these two cops that were like yelling at an old man. They pushed him. He stumbled backwards, falls, hits his head and bleeds from his ear. These two cops got suspended, and then they said that uh, they, they were going. It was a criminal criminal probe against them. It really does seem like these guys were just being a little aggressive, and it was an accident. But hey, man, you got to be responsible for accidents too. Does that mean you lose your job? Uh, suspension, maybe. Criminal charges? I mean, come on, man. You're gonna lock up a guy because he, he he pushed on someone's chest and the guy fell back and hit his head? I don't think he was intending to commit any kind of crime like that. But my point is, who in these cities? is coming out now and defending that police department. Are the residents coming out in protest saying, we love our police, we defend our police? No, they're not. I mean, maybe some of them, but they're not doing it. So let me tell you what you get. In Buffalo, the police go out to do their job. Some bad stuff happens. Then the protesters keep saying, defund the police, break them up. 
Uh-huh. And where is anybody else? So I got no sympathy for these cities, man. If celebrities want to donate and allow these people to get out of jail and, and do their thing, well, then so be it. If you live in this city, and, and, I, and I mean this with the utmost respect, and you refuse to go out and defend the police if you support them, then don't be surprised when they resign en masse. And if you are not donating to police organizations and Community Watch, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. The celebrities have a lot of power. They're going to get these people out of jail. But there is a serious problem in this country, and it has more to do with the size of our cities and less to do with whether it's right or wrong to bail people out. At the core, at the individual level, it honestly is right to bail people out. We shouldn't. We have the presumption of innocence and we have a serious uh, conundrum in locking people up under the words of a state actor before it has been proven in a, uh, by a jury of their peers. This is a listen early on when the founding father said this, is how we want to run things it made a ton of sense. I mean, you got a small group of people, right? The jails were tiny. Now these cities are massive, dense pockets of cubicles where people are stacked on top of each other and everything sell, smells like sour milk. I know it's, you, you, it's funny because I bring up the sour milk thing all the time. Trust me, dude, go to New York, walk around Midtown Manhattan. You're going to be like, this place stinks. You walk near the edge of the street. It really does smell like so I, when I was growing up, the school would throw away the old milk from the lunches. That's the smell, man. That's the smell. So here's what happens in New York. You get a bunch of police who don't know or care about these individuals because there's just too many people. They go out and do what they got to do. Celebrities then bail them out. We're looking, we're looking at a, a, con, a, a saturation problem. If the people of these cities refuse to support the cops and the people in the cities continue to support the protesters, then I think it is the duty of the police to resign. You know what, man? You got a thousand citizens in a town. Ten of them protest saying disband the police and the other 990 refuse to speak up for the police. Guess what? That's 10 votes for disbanding the police and 990 abstained. That's why I'm just like, why am I going to sympathize with, 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 with the NYPD in New York City? It's a big democratic controlled city. This is what I try to explain to people, man. I grew up in Chicago. The whole thing is, is Democrat supermajority and it was run like trash. I just found out apparently they tore down all the housing projects by like a few blocks from where I grew up. I didn't even know that happened. I don't care about these politicians and the people who keep voting for them. Well, then you get what you voted for. Tucker, I don't think you need to sympathize with the cities that voted for these things. And if the celebrities want to donate to them, let them do it. That's how the cities are being run. Maybe these people in the cities need a cold splash of water in the face to figure out why they need to speak up and vote for better leaders. Sean King, of all people, tweets this out. He tweeted out, stop telling us to vote. He said, Democrats are running all of the cities where the worst police brutality is happening. And I'm like, he's right. That's why I didn't like living in Chicago. Super corrupt, all Democrat, always loaded with problems. These people are protesting what's going on in Chicago. It's not the Republicans' fault. The Republicans aren't there. The Republicans aren't running these things. So I'm, I'm, I, you know what, man, is why I don't want to live there. Now, I'm not here to say that Republicans would do a better job. I think it's just cities keep voting for these leaders and they get the leaders they deserve. Maybe there's not enough people in cities to vote for a better. Uh, maybe there's not enough people in these cities to vote for a better leader. Well, then what do you expect, man? So look, let me let me jump over to this article. and We'll talk about the, the escalation of violence. The point I want to make ultimately is this. I always will side with individual liberties and freedom. Maybe not, not always, not always. Right. I think we have a conundrum with bail reform. 
I've talked about this before. I think it is it is noble and pure to want to make sure that people accused of crimes are innocent until proven guilty. I mean, it's right there in the Constitution, man. So that means if somebody in New York gets arrested and we say you can only get out of jail if you give us money, that's not innocent until proven guilty. You're, you're, you're putting a, a weight on someone who might not be able to actually pay that and it could destroy their lives. The problem there, though, is that it, re- it releases overt and obvious criminals who then go and commit crimes again. That's why I don't think I know the answer. I'm not a, an anarchist. You know, on the political compass, I am mostly on the libertarian left spectrum. But that means I still do believe there must be some security and authority. And that means the trade off is a little bit less freedom, a little bit less. I mostly lean towards the freedom. So if people want to donate to bail funds, I think it's naive. I think they don't know what they're, what they're donating to. And I also think a lot of these people, I'll tell you what, man, these celebrities who are donating for this stuff, let them do it, man. Don't complain about it. You know why? Remember that guy, Chris Palmer, who was like, the riots are awesome. And then they came to his house and he was like, oh, no, the riots are at my house. Let him have it, dude. These people live in Los Angeles. And I just I just don't get it. Do we? Why? 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 I'm not fighting you. I'm like, I don't live there. I don't care. You do whatever you want. These celebrities in L.A. are donating to bail funds in other cities. But are there Republican controlled cities and conservative state and red states where rioters are destroying everything? I know. I know. We've seen stuff in, in Utah a bit, but for the most part, they're donating to people who are in blue cities. You got Ilhan Omar saying abolish the police. And I'm like, I don't care. Somebody messaged me saying, hey, man, I live in the city and I, I, we need the police. And I'm like, then you better get out there and defend them. If you don't want to defend the cops who you think are good cops and protecting you, then don't be surprised if they no longer if, if don't be surprised if they resign. I can't blame them either. Who would want to work a job where no one supports you, dude? I'm, I'm not into it. But take a look at this in, in regards to everything that's going on. Maybe I'll say this for a bigger segment later because we got the Boogaloo boys and stuff, you know, uh, things like that. You've got all the media trying to claim that the Boogaloo is a far right movement or whatever. It's absolutely not true. Man, I'll tell you what, I know far leftists who use the phrase Boogaloo. It is the current slang term for civil war. Left and right use it. They try and claim it's a right wing thing. It's not. It's a really, really short article. But this guy basically says, Peter's work suggests that peaks of violence in the U.S. work on a 50-year cycle, with the next state of upheaval set to hit humanity in 2020. It's sort of like that 20, 2012 mine apocalypse nonsense, except Peter's theory is the result of the hard work of modern living and well-respected scientists rather than a bunch of dead Central American dudes from hippies, uh, uh, American, Central American dudes whom hippies like to talk about while taking heavy psychedelic drugs. We spoke to Peter to find out what's supposedly going to make the U.S. descend into a horrifying dystopian pit of violence in eight years time. Wow, was this guy spot on? Isn't that amazing? This article's been going around. Dude nailed it. Not completely. But here's what he says. He says historical studies show that society goes through long term cycles of violence. There's a buildup for roughly a century, then a period of violence or upheaval for 10 or 15 years. Then people get tired of it and the next generation goes back to being peaceful. It's then the grandchildren of that generation who never experienced the severity of upheaval firsthand, who are likely to start causing problems again. My theory suggests that it will be 2020 when the U.S. hits a new peak of violence. He was asked, what does the term violence include in regard to your theory? He said there are three distinct kinds of violence, group on group, group on individual and individual on group. Individual on group, he says, is like these people who show up and commit, you know, these, these, these mass acts of, of tragedy, to say the least. 
He mentioned some specific examples, which I'm sure you're aware of. He was asked, in your view, what causes these upheavals? Historically, the trouble has always come from people with power and the number of those people who want the most power. There are too many political entrepreneurs who are all trying to get power and they get frustrated, which is how revolutions start. When members of the elite try to overturn the political order to better suit themselves. This dude hit the nail so hard on the head with the hammer. He drove the nail straight through the two by four. Think about it. Come from the people with power. Uh, Who are the progressive activists that are trying to foment revolution and rising up and complaining? Are they upper class white people? According to the Hidden Tribe study, yes. And who's funding these people? Is it the poor Uh, revolutionaries trying to fight against Big Brother and the government takeover? No, it's the wealthy elites in Hollywood who are paying the bail for these people. Bravo, good sir. It's actually quite incredible. All of this hate and anger is coming from elites who want power. They don't like that Trump won. They want to seize it. They want more and they're fighting each other. Joe Biden and the Democratic establishment are, are at odds with the with the weird intersectional cult but they all want power. There's a revolt going on at the New York Times. Seth Rogen, Steve Carell, Lil Nas, all these celebrities, all of these elites who want to overturn the established political order, they want more power. Abolish the police, they say, as they donate all of this money to bail out a lot of these people. So listen, man, there's no easy solution to this, right? I understand why you want some people locked up. I understand what Tucker Carl was saying, but I'm sorry, I'm much more libertarian than Tucker Carlson apparently is. And if you are going to have, I'll I'll put it this way. If you are going to have a system that has the presumption of innocence and someone wants to pay the bail for people, I, I, you know, I'll roll my eyes at it. I'm not going to do that. I personally helped. I donated to a small business owner who had his business destroyed. Like Tucker was saying, imagine if these people did. Well, that's what I did. So I can respect that. I can agree with Tucker saying. However, I also recognize why you'd want people to be bailed out because there are a lot of peaceful and innocent protesters who get caught up and get arrested for no reason. And the cops are not innocent in all of this. I'm not saying every cop, I'm not saying every protester is a rioter. I'm saying there are some bad cops who are, who are out on video right now. And there are rioters who are trying to manipulate these prote- uh, manipulate the protests in the end. All I can really say is you're, you're, you're going to find people who say, no, this side is the right side. No, this side is the right side. And I don't, I don't think there's a right side necessarily. I think it's people fighting for power and they're going to get violent. And so I'm, I'm having none of it. You know what I hope though? I think things fall back to the Constitution. I hope they do. These people want to burn it up, you know, no, no doubt. But I hope it does. And people start taking responsibility for themselves. Plain and simple. If these rioters are going to get bailed out, well, they're presumed innocent until proven guilty. That's just how our system works. In which case, you must be responsible for your safety and your community. If you won't defend the police and you don't like what's going on, then you got to leave. Otherwise, the police will be disbanded and you will be left wanting but the responsibility is yours. You cannot sit back and just believe everything will be taken care of for you. Interestingly, we have these entitled wackos who think they deserve everything actually getting up and causing a ruckus because they're actually trying to demand things they want. And we have people who know you don't deserve everything, not defending the institutions they support, in which case the conclusion is obvious. So here's what I recommend. Get away from the cities. I'm doing it because I don't see this being resolved anytime soon. And get yourself a firearm to defend your family. I'm lucky enough that Steven Crowder is sending me a SIG M4A and SIG Sauer, I guess. So there it is. Here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of myself. 
I'm getting away from the cities. I've been slowly doing it because I can see what's coming. There's no clean, logical way to break through this, what we're facing. And I think if the cities don't want cops, let them get rid of their cops. The cops who resigned, you did the right thing by resigning. I'm happy they did it. I am. You know why? If everybody stood up and said, you need me and you'll see, we will. And I'll tell you what, there's some out there. Here's some potentials. Let's, let's say all the cops in Buffalo resign over what happened. Let's see how the city handles having no police. If it works for them, good. It, it worked out. Win-win for everybody, right? If it turns out it doesn't work, well, you've reaped what you have sown and they will come crawling back in seconds. Maybe people need a reminder of why we have individual responsibility. That way you can go out and defend the institutions you like and you can, and, and you can stand up for what you believe in. But don't think for a minute that you as an individual who was upset with the protests can sit around doing nothing and win. I'm sorry, man. I'm not trying to come down on anybody. But for right now, we got a bunch of we got a bunch of people, rioters and looters who think they're entitled to everything going out and committing these acts. You can't sit back and think the police will do everything for you. Maybe members of the community need to go out and link arms and guard their businesses like those young black men in Ferguson did when I was covering it. That's responsibility. That's people saying it is my responsibility to protect my community. Good for them. We'll see how things play out, man. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. How's it going, everybody? I thought right now I, w- I would talk to you all about some personal things in my life, the people I know and communicate with, and how they're basically telling me they're going to vote for Donald Trump in uh, this November. Now, to many people who don't know me, you're probably like, yeah, well, a lot of people vote for Trump. But let me tell you something. I am, I am from Chicago, from the South Side, and I am talking about lifelong Democrats, people who hate Republicans, who marched against Republicans, who despised them only six months ago, now telling me straight up they think Trump must win. And not just that, but the Republicans as well. You may follow the Timcast IRL podcast I do. It's much more informal, more jokey and silly. We do the show Monday through Fridays at 8 p.m. live over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. So if you haven't, subscribe. And my co-host is my buddy, Adam Krigler. We also have Lydia on the show who produces. But Adam is a default liberal, I guess you could call him. Somebody who's always been, you know, kind of a liberal lefty guy in cities. And he's a skateboarding, you know, uh, vegan. It's like exactly what you'd think when you think urban liberal. And recently on the show, he straight up said he was voting for Trump. I don't even go that far. I'm like, we'll see what happens, but I'm not going to vote for Biden. I'm leaning towards Trump. We'll see how this plays out. But for, for my friend, my vegan skateboarding hippie buddy from the city, grew up in Chicago, lived in New York to say this, I got I to gotta, I gotta admit, I was a little surprised at first, but now it, it makes total sense. Let me show you this tweet from me to, to explain what's, what's going on. I said, I talked to someone I know who is a lifelong Chicago Democrat. They said to me, quote, the only way this stops is if Trump wins a second term and Republicans take the House. The sentiment wasn't unique to just them, but it may just reflect the suburbs. Still, it was surprising to me. This is someone I've known for a long time in Chicago who is always about, you know, gay rights and voting for Democrats, constantly complaining about Republicans, fairly politically active, who only like six or so months ago was saying, I don't like Trump. I'm not going to support him, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, uh, still being very much in favor of Democrats. Then COVID happened. Then the, uh, everyone started losing money. Tunes started to change. I was talking to my friends who were like, dude, I'm not getting paid. Many of my friends lost their jobs. Many of my friends couldn't get uh, unemployment. 
Many of my friends who had businesses were saying things like, I'm in serious trouble, man. Like I am, I am broke right now. This is messed up. Why am I losing all my money? And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to explain to them at the time. It's like, so, so everybody was in favor of the temporary lockdown for like 15 days, but then it went too far and we're still locked down. What? 90 plus days later. And they don't understand. They don't understand why it is that the democratic governors are saying no. And Trump is saying yes. And I told him, look, man, if you're more concerned about your income than COVID, then Trump is the one saying reopen the businesses. If you're more concerned about COVID, it's the Democrats saying keep it shut down. And they're like, but my money, but my money, I can't pay my rent. And I'm like, well, I think you've got your answer, right? It was still an argument and it was frustrating when they were like, no way, man, I don't trust Trump. I'm like, well, it's your Democratic governor who's doing this to you. Then came the riots, sustained week long rioting, and it was bad and across the entire city. And Trump came out and said he would call in the military if he had to. Guess what? 58% of registered voters, according to the morning consult, agreed. That's when everything changed. That's when I get a message from someone I have known for a lifelong Democrat saying Trump has to win. And that was to me like, wow, these people don't realize what they've done to the suburbs. I'm not saying this represents anything other than my personal life and experience. I read the news all day. I visit left wing forums and right wing forums to try and get a sense of what's going on with people. I'll go to the social justice and Antifa subreddits. and I'll go to the Donald Reddit or, or no longer Reddit. It's the Donald that win. That's their own website. I will I will try and read you know, left-wing publications and conservative publications. And let me tell you right now, what I see from suburbanites, from regular people in my life, is that they are abandoning the Democratic Party. Now, I'm not going to look, a lot of these people I know are not hardcore Democrats. They didn't go around wearing Democrat shirts, waving little flags. They're people who just mostly minded their own business, walked into the voting booth and went Democrat across the board. Now they're begging for Trump to win. Not everybody, just a small handful of people I know, but it, it was, it's, I'm, I got to say, it's, it's kind of not surprising to me, but still, I didn't expect it. I've, I've talked about this all the time, that regular people are going are gonna to flip for Trump because of what's going on around this country. But I didn't expect to hear from my own friends being like, oh, yeah, definitely. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of friends who just literally know nothing. A lot of the friends I talk to every day are just posting, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff on Instagram, and they don't really know anything about what's going on with the House or the Senate. They, they couldn't tell you who the Speaker of the House was or who was the minority leader in, in the Senate. So these people still exist. But it's surprising to me how many people are getting activated. A lot of people are getting activated to the radical left. That's true, too. I'm seeing so there's an app called Signal. It's encrypted communications. And I'm seeing a bunch of people I know sign up for it. That says to me that activists are activating them. So it's not just about regular people voting for Trump. It's about young people being radicalized to the left. But this still plays to my point. I do believe that Trump is going to win because of the silent majority. I really, really do. Let me show you something. I want to read you some of the replies to this tweet. But take a look at some mainstream media. Lifehacker.com. Let's abolish the police force. New York Times. Cities ask if it's time to defund police and reimagine public safety. Mother Jones. What a world without cops would look like. These people don't realize what they're doing. They think that they're part of some moral majority, but they are not. These are people who are in their own toilet swirl whirlpool, eating their own refuse and cycling it back to each other. It's a it's a group of people all patting each other on the back, not realizing that everyone else is standing off in the corner saying these people are getting increasingly insane. One way I've described it before, 
is that for a while, our political landscape was a big whirlpool. And over time, it's been speeding up. But as it speeds up, it gets smaller and, and throws people out of it. The way, the, the, so the, this is the way I see it. You have all these normie liberals spinning around. But as it gets crazier and crazier and spins faster, regular normies just fling right out of it. Now they're sitting in the pool as the whirlpool spins tighter with people like this screaming, abolish the police. I'm sorry, man. Abolish the police should be there. there should, you need no more evidence that the left in this country has gone insane. Now, is there a conversation about police reform? 100 percent. And regular activists are having that and real votes are happening. But when the media class and left wing publications and even the New York Times are talking about completely defunding the police and what it might look like, they do not they do not represent regular people's thinking. According to a Cato Institute poll, I believe it was from Cato Institute. I don't, I don't they, they may be they uh, may have been referencing someone else. Ninety percent of every race, including mar- uh, minorities, think our, that, that we, we should not reduce the number of police. In fact, a third of them think we should actually increase the number of police. This is something I talked about the other day. Now, I, I don't want to harp over the, the uh, you know, abolish the police thing, but this cannot be ignored. This has to be the perfect example, right? Come on. When, when, when Joe Biden came out and said a moratorium on deportations, a lot of people said, well, you know, let's think about it. When Bernie Sanders said decriminalize border crossings, people said, OK, well, let's think about it. Now they're saying abolish the police. I'm not exaggerating. It's literally an, it's t- the title. Let's abolish the police force. DeRay McKesson, a very, very famous Black Lives Matter activist, is currently under fire on Twitter for calling for police reform at a time when all of these people are demanding the, the abolishment of police. What do you think a regular person's going to think when they hear that? They're going to think these people have truly gone insane. Where are the Democrats to denounce this? Nowhere. They won't dare denounce this. Journalists are being wrapped up in this fringe ideology. And I'll tell you what, man, if you were to ask me about a conspiracy theory, I would tell you, I would tell you it straight. Trump could ask for no better campaign strategy than what we're seeing right now. I kid you not. I know people who have complained about Republican policies cutting the budget. And now they don't care about the budget at all because there's no businesses. There's no money, period. You think about what, what the Republicans have done uh, or what they used to do. I honestly, I can't tell you what's happening these days because the only thing we hear is about the psychosis in the streets. So here's what I, here's, here's my conspiracy, right? If I were a conspiratorial, I don't think this is true. I'm just saying you'd have to assume that these people writing these articles are paid for by the Trump campaign. That's how effective the black propaganda is. For those that aren't familiar, black propaganda is basically when you pretend to be your enemy and say something dumb. So it's kind of like a propaganda false flag. You dress up like an Antifa activist and then go scream crazy things. So people think Antifa is nuts. When I see these people writing these articles, I'm like, Trump could not have done it better himself. If there was a subversive political consultant advising Trump's campaign, they'd be saying, amplify these voices. Make sure these voices are the ones you hear. This is why Trump has kept the focus so hard on the squad for a certain period of time. Not so much anymore. But remember when Trump was talking about Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar like crazy? Yeah, he wanted them to be the focus. And it was obvious to everybody what he was doing. What now? I guess they all have amnesia. Take a look at this tweet. Let's talk about responses to what I said. The suburbs are on. This is from uh, W.D. Moore. I don't, I don't look and, and I'm just telling you, I don't know who these Twitter users are. I'm not saying they're, they're important. This video is specifically about the anecdotes of our experience. 
It may not be legitimate data that lends itself to anything. We may see Trump still lose. I'm just telling you what I see. Here's what they said. The suburbs are on edge. Here in the NYC metro area, gun stores can't keep up with the demand for shotguns and formerly gun control liberals rush in to buy protection for their homes. Let me tell you something, man. I've been moderate for a long time. I was a lefty for a long time. And Steven Crowder, I went on his show and he said, I'm getting you a SIG M400. I'm getting a SIG M400. I don't know what that means. Not familiar with guns, but I'm getting one. And I'm, and I'm taking all the necessary precautions. You know why? In New York City, a liberal writer tweeted something a, a month or two ago about gun reform. Then when the riots broke out, tweeted, he called 911 and they said, sir, the city is under, under attack. What would you have us do? Do what you got to do. And he was shocked. When COVID started, we saw all of these former gun control liberals rushing to gun stores in Los Angeles and New York to buy weapons. What do you think is going to happen now? What do you think is going through the minds of these people who normally just check D across the board? I tell you what, man, I can tell you from a, from a news perspective, seeing all of these liberals say these things says to me that there's going to be a reckoning for the Democratic Party. But when I'm told by my own friends, by the, by the hippie liberal vegan skateboarder buddy of mine, that he's voting for Trump, I'm like, something is happening in this country. I made the joke. If Joe Biden came out and endorsed abolish the police, like all these lefties are saying, Donald Trump need only do one more commercial where he says, my fellow Americans, following Joe Biden's statement that he will abolish the police, I'm going to go golfing for the next few months. See you at my reelection. He could drop all the campaigning. He could actually say, please, no longer donate to me. I don't need the money. Joe Biden said it. Now, will Joe Biden actually go this far? I think he might entertain it. I think Joe Biden might actually come out and say we should consider defunding the police. Defunding is as far as he'll go, probably. But they're saying straight up abolish the police. I'm like, is lifehacker.com. Let's abolish the police force. This is not some fringe website. This is a prominent lefty website. It used to be part of uh, some big network. So I don't know what their, what, what their deal is now or how, how prominent they are. But this is a story that's been going around. The New York Times, I kid you not. Look what they're saying. Budgets are being reevaluated. That's taking it lightly. But if 90% think we, we should keep the amount of police we have where it is, and a third of those people want more cops, then who are they pandering to? The 7%, the 5%? I have to imagine. Within that 90, or you have 90%. Within that, you have a third who want more cops. Then you have a remaining 10%. I'd imagine some of them are just unsure. And a smaller percentage are saying reduce the police. And that's who they're chasing after. So here's, here's what I think, man. I think my experience is not unique. The suburbs are on edge. I live in the suburbs of Philly. We had helicopters flying near our home and sirens like crazy, crazier than I've ever heard. I live in the middle of nowhere. All right. And we heard that protesters were coming to our area. Some people just were gone. Like I have neighbors who are gone, not necessarily because of that, but they left a while ago. They must have gone off. I don't know where they went. They haven't been back. And they need to because they got to take care of their house. I'll keep that stuff more personal. But some people are gone. I can't tell you what it's like when you hear the cities are being torn apart. Now, listen, I used to cover civil unrest, conflict and crisis, not necessarily war reporting, but right on the edge of what you could, you know, you could claim to be war. So I'm not watching tanks, but I was standing around soldiers on APCs with guns and there were people shooting at each other and people dying. That was civil unrest revolution. 
I've experienced this stuff. I've experienced. I'm not going to freak out. But even I get a little worried when you hear those sirens nearby in the helicopter helicopters overhead after they just said the riots, you know, were sweeping these cities for a week. They shut the bridges down in Philadelphia. What do you think all of these suburbanites are thinking right now as these riots ravage these towns? Do you think they're thinking these rioters are justified because they're traumatized and angry? We should abolish the police. No, they were probably calling the police saying, what's happening? Are we safe? And they're going out to gun stores that are being picked clean. I'm not saying these gun people are going to change their minds, maybe. But I am saying I think a lot of these people are going to keep their mouths shut when asked, who are you voting for? They're going to say, mm. they're going to yell Black Lives Matter at the top of their lungs because they're scared. I went to Oakland a few years ago, uh, Berkeley. I've been there several times. You'll notice this. I think I posted a photo to my Instagram. You can go, go, go to my Instagram and scroll down until you find it. There is a Burger King window that basically says we're a small franchise family owned. Basically, what they're saying is, please don't destroy our, our, our windows. You can see it all over the place. Stores are putting up signs in the window saying Black Lives Matter. And what they're really doing is saying, please don't hurt me. They're scared. Now, publicly, they're going to tell you I'm all for it. Privately, they're going to beg Donald Trump to save them and return things to normal because those, those are your choices. Perhaps it's possible that they vote for Joe Biden because Joe Biden is some nostalgic, you know, n- n- normal. I don't think so, though. Joe Biden was the vice president when this started. And Donald Trump is the law and order candidate. He's the one who said, send in the troops. And so did Tom Cotton. And what did they say? They went nuts and they wanted the New York Times to remove that op-ed. 58% of registered voters agreed with Trump. 71% wanted the National Guard. Yet these people in media are acting like we should abolish the police. Listen to me. 58% of registered voters said uh, in a poll, as a margin of error, the military should be brought in to stop the rioting. 58% of registered voters wanted the military. So if you want to go just in the other direction, a million miles, do it. But I'll tell you what, if most people are sitting next to the military being called in and the Insurrection Act being invoked, who in, 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 in their right mind would think these people would be calling for abolishing the police? And here we can see, check it out. Somebody responded to me. Can someone explain this logic to me? To which this individual, uh, Lauren, said, when you try to cater to this instead of the backbone of society, your platform is headed the wrong direction. And it's an image of that woman who dropped to her knees screaming after Trump won. It's a really, really, it's a really good point. Take a look at this. You've seen this meme of this woman screaming at the top of her lungs. No, you know, when Donald Trump, uh, it was his inauguration or whatever. This is not the backbone of this country. The backbone is small business. That's really the backbone of this country. Many big cities live based on their small business. It's not the major corporations. You can complain about the 1% all you want, but most businesses are small businesses. And they were gutted, shredded, and destroyed by the lockdown. And the Democratic governors, Governor Whitmer herself, shut down, or I should say her administration, shuts down a barber, a 77-year-old barber in Michigan, in the town of Owasso of 15,000 people with almost no COVID outbreak, as far as I could tell, saying you can't cut hair. Oh, what's, what's that? You've got 10 clients who come in on a regular basis, which keep your business open. Can't do it. They were wearing masks, sure. But guess what? Governor Whitmer herself marches side by side with all these other state leaders. You have to understand what people are thinking now. May not be everybody. Some people don't get the news. But I'll tell you this. 
if you want to make sure people start asking questions, have riots erupt in the suburbs. I got word from some people in Chicago that there was rioting in the suburbs, raucous protesting, maybe not rioting. I don't know. I don't know. I was told rioting 40, you know, 30, 40 miles outside of the city where everyone thought they were safe. I live in the suburbs of Philly on the on the Jersey side. And we heard sirens and helicopters nearby. And we were like, wow, we're in the suburbs, man. So they shut the bridges down twice. I I have to tell you, man, the people who I live by who have kids, people will do anything for their kids. They would they would bend the knee if if it meant saving their kids. So for better or for worse, they will do this. But I'll tell you what, right now they have a choice. You see all the videos of people bending their knee, literally bending their knee. The activists say, get on your knees and they all do it. A lot of people would absolutely bend the knee to make sure their family stays safe. But right now they have a choice. It's called a secret ballot. They're going to walk in that voting booth and they're going to see Donald Trump saying, live free. And we're going to let you you do your thing. And they're seeing the Democrats say, get on your knees. What do you think they're going to pick? Personally, I think they're going to pick Trump. I really do. I saw a photo from the Lincoln Memorial. I don't know if it was today or what. And it was some young woman, like a prom dress or something, taking pictures and like duck facing or whatever. And there's soldiers standing atop the Lincoln Memorial. I thought to myself, one side would attack you and threaten you and force you on your knees. The other side brings out the military who stand around and let you duck face on Instagram. Pick a faction. Which one do you think is going to win? With Donald Trump, you will have the National Guard and potentially the military deployed on your street corners. What does that mean? I don't like the idea of this at all. I really, really don't. I don't like the idea of federal officers in D.C. with no badges, which is what we've seen. That's why I don't want to vote for him. I don't. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want any of this. But the escalation is real. It's not about what I think. It's about people saying, I will take my chances with the, un, you know, the unmarked law enforcement officers standing there doing nothing so I can walk to a pizza joint and get a slice over those who are throwing Molotovs at cars, screaming and demanding I bend the knee. I kid you not. Go look at the videos. See all of the people, JP Morgan, for instance, bending their knee, quite literally bending the knee, swearing fealty to an ideology. I think we might see one of the craziest sweeps to the right we've ever seen in this country. The fringe activists are not representing this country. And now I think we have the the best evidence we could ever ask for, and that's abolish the police. Something a tiny, tiny fraction of this country wants. But regular Americans like their cops. Regular Americans approve of the police. So when you come to them and say defund or abolish, regular people are going to start getting scared. What do you do? There's a live stream that's going around. I think it's like 45 minutes long where uh, a young black man instructs white women to get on their knees and they do. A lot of people are making fun of them. I called this woman pathetic, but I'll tell you this. I showed the video to some friends, some like really entrenched SJW, SJW types, friends of mine from Chicago. And they said, well, it's just a prank video. They fell for it. I said, fell for it. What do you think they fell for? Oh, well, they thought the guy actually worked for Black Lives Matter. I'm like, no, you, you misunderstand. Do you really think this, you know, 38 year old white woman got on her knees for a six foot three young black man who ran up to her because she was pranked? Or do you think she was terrified because the guy ran up to her filming her and said, get on your knees? She probably cried after that, after it happened. She probably went back 
And she's her heart was probably beating a million miles an hour for two reasons. Who is this man who just ran up to me and told me to get on my knees? Is he going to hurt me? The second reason is these people know that if they do anything wrong on camera, the mob will come for them and it will get worse. I can only imagine these women are crying at home and they this is the most effective way to turn liberal white women into hardcore Trump supporters. But I guess we'll see. All of this could be wrong. I could be in a bubble. I don't know. I don't think I am because I'm talking to regular people back from where I came, where I grew up. I guess we'll see how this plays out. Stick around. The next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. And I will see you all then. Right now, as I record this video, there are thousands of people in major cities around the world protesting the killing of George Floyd, many chanting, I can't breathe and Black Lives Matter. And you know what? I applaud the peaceful protesters. I think, as we've stated many times, everybody's in agreement. This dude was killed. It should not have happened. Support for Black Lives Matter is through the roof. However, there are some people who are unhinged and we need to talk about it. Because while we can bring up the, I'm I'm doing this on purpose, mind you, I'm showing you the peaceful protests across three continents with all of these peaceful people on purpose because of the title of this video, which you likely, you know, you you clicked it because you want to see what's going on. Two Ohio men arrested for driving to New York's George Floyd protest with a car full of knives, bricks, and gas canisters as chaos spread across the city. Now, I can't definitively confirm, but I believe it is extremely likely that this one, at least one of these men was a Black Lives Matter activist. He is white and he very likely was wanting chaos and destruction. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very careful here because they haven't confirmed in this story that this guy was a Black Lives Matter activist. But they show us, I want to show you the photo they have. This guy, these two guys, we can see a machete, knives, some kind of uh, a, a brick with a shoelace or something through it gasoline rope. I believe I found this individual. The story doesn't confirm anything about why, you know, what what group he was with or what he was doing. But there's been a narrative going around that the Boogaloo boys are trying to incite violence. Well, no, I don't believe that in this case, that's that's what we're seeing. I believe we're seeing far left radicalization. I'm reticent to say Antifa based on what I've learned about this guy, but I believe I found this individual, did a quick background check, and I believe this is absolutely motivated by anti-police rhetoric and in support of Black Lives Matter. One of these individuals posted for Black Lives Matter, posted the hashtags, has called for justice for George Floyd and posted these similar items. So I believe I found the individual. And yes, I believe they came here for this reason. They came to New York, I should say. Let's read the story and, and we'll break this down. They say two Ohio men are arrested for driving to New York. I read that. Okay. Police in New York have thanked protesters who alerted them to an Ohio registered car, which was found to be full of weapons. Officers said they were tipped off by demonstrators in Brooklyn, who on Thursday saw a man waving a machete near a car with Ohio plates. When police searched the car, they found knives, bricks, point to point radios, gas masks and gasoline all types of different things that you won't bring to a peaceful protest, said Captain Melody Robinson, 84th Precinct Executive Officer. Full stop, man. Spot on. This is why I'm saying the peaceful protesters, they exist. Let's not let's not allow the insane revolutionary types to besmirch what is basically, and I mean this with all due respect, a boring march right now. Look, look, right now in Philadelphia, there are thousands of people protesting the way it's supposed to be. I am proud of America at this moment. 
I hope things remain calm because it's really, really cool to see a lot of people standing up for what they believe in. And that's it. Now, mind you, I am upset with the establishment over COVID and all that stuff. And apparently it doesn't matter anymore. But look, the protests for reopening were, we should have been allowed and were legit. So yeah, you want to rag on those people for their double standards, do it to it 100%. But I, I like peaceful protests, man. I think the state, the, the, the people protesting the stay home orders, you're allowed to do it, do it safely. I think the people protesting right now, you're allowed to do it, do it safely. After everything we've seen over the past week, I'm really, really glad that right now, as, I, as I'm recording this, everything looks calm and I really do think it will remain calm. I am kind of worried. Let's hope it doesn't devolve. I, you know what, man? I, by the time you're watching this, it's probably just like all bedlam and like there's fires. <laughs> I hope not. Because of these people, because there are lunatics who seek to instigate and exploit. Now, this dude, you can look up his history. You can probably find him. I'm not going to get too much into those details. Really does seem like he's posted. Uh, it's, it is confusing. I looked him up and I, I, wanna, I, I don't want to give away too much personal details because if you want to look him up, you can do it. But, you know, at first glance, it seems like he's not your typical Black Lives Matter activists. He's a white dude, seems to have been involved potentially in the military or whatever, but he's posting for George Floyd, calling these people our protesters and talking about, you know, fighting against the police and things like that. See, it seems to be that this is one of those people who may have been giving weapons out. We've seen all the stories about the pallets of bricks. I think it's fair to point out some of those pallets were explained away. In my experience, I've not seen anything like this, where on the protest route, you have bricks set up, except for when activists do it on purpose. Here we can see a dude. Look at this guy. Look, look what he brought, man. A machete, a bunch of knives, screwdrivers, what looks like a trowel tip, I guess. I don't know, some kind of uh, gardening hoe, a radio, cameras, rope. I don't know what this guy was planning, man, but he brought gasoline with him. All right. They got a picture of his car. They say his name is Aaron Evanshine from Columbus, Ohio, and Brian Contreras from Queens were arrested and charged with weapons possession. Captain Robinson praised the demonstrators rallying in New York to protest against the uh, George, uh, protest against the killing of George Floyd for their vigilance. They said this is not right. Something's wrong with this picture. Robinson said officers quickly tracked down the car and approached the driver and his passenger who surrendered without incident. Instigators are trying to determine whether the two men took part in any of this week's demonstrations or whether they played a role in orchestrating the violence that gripped New York City for five straight nights. In particular, officers want to know whether they participated in any of the attacks that injured members of the NYPD. Based on what I looked into, it would seem like these guys did participate in protests. Makes sense considering protesters are the ones who reported them. If they weren't at the protests, how would the protests report them? So I think you get it. They're peaceful protesters. They're cool people. We saw them, right? In, in, uh, in DC. I think it was DC where they grabbed the Antifa guy. Much respect. I may not agree with, may not agree with your ideology, but I will defend to the death your right to speak your mind. Just so long as you keep calling out these people and stopping this from happening. I respect this. They say, quote, I commend the peaceful protesters that actually saw something and they said something. You know, we need more of that in this city so we can come together as one. They definitely saved lives. I, I would say so based on what I saw, man. I really, really would. News of the arrests of the pair came as two NYPD officers were suspended without pay after one was filmed violently throwing a female protester to the ground and the other was seen pulling a man's mask down to pepper spray him. Police Commissioner Dermot Shea announced the suspensions on Friday, saying both cases have been referred for disciplinary action. Neither of the officers were identified. 
It comes amid uh, mounting criticism of the NYPD. I'm, I'm not here to, to talk about the criticism of the NYPD. Look, man, I got my problems with the NYPD. All right. I think there are a lot of issues in New York City. They've been arrested. There was, there's one viral video where they arrested some like delivery guy. But I'll tell you what, right now, this is a good example of what the police are for. Did the police catch these guys? Technically, yes. It was the protesters who tipped them off. Now think about that for two seconds, please. The protesters called the police and the police stopped these guys. All right. You got bad cops, man. You got bad actors. You got extremist, crazy people. But what happens? There's another viral video, right? Some, some SUV is driving and these, these riders throw garbage at it. Now, it's the lowest level I could call, you know, to which I could call them rioters, but they're not protesters when throwing stuff at cars. They throw at this car, the guy pulls over, and the people are like, call the police, man, call the police. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? You just threw garbage at, he jumps out with some like wrist blade attachment. He's like, you want to throw trash at my car? And he's like charging at the kids. I call them kids because they're like young adults and they're yelling, call the police. All right, man. Now you get it. You will regret it when you disband the police. You will regret it. Now, now there's, there's, there's conversations we have about, you know, solutions and alternatives or something like that. But a lot of really good points I see were brought up in response to these arguments. This is why I'm very careful to say I, 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 see, I hear the idea. I think there's something about bolstering the Second Amendment. Some people have easily, easily pointed out, oh, yeah, great. When gang members are guarding their own neighborhoods, I'll remember to call my, you know, like call my friends, do something about it. No, it's never going to happen. You need some kind of unifying presence. That's what police do. I'm not saying what they do is perfect and maybe we can fix it. But for now, listen, man, what if they disband the police and they see this? Who are you going to call? You're going to call your neighborhood watch or something. You can call the police and they can handle the administrative work. But in this instance, this is why we have cops, man. These two guys, they really do seem nuts and we don't want it. We don't want it, man. The peaceful protesters don't want it. We don't want it either. Don't let them take over your, your, your events because of their stupid communist or whatever ideology. Now, these guys don't appear to be boogaloo boys or whatever. Those are the people who are not, the media calls them far right. That's not fair. Uh, from what I understand is there's no real movement. There's no people who call themselves this. The people who have come out and been identified are usually just libertarians, you know, anti-establishment, anti-government types. But when you see this stuff, knives, ropes, gas, or whatever. These are the crazies that nobody wants. And I, and I hope things don't escalate to a dangerous point, but they are. The ideology is getting pervasive. And now, now, now I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be fair. Look, I can praise the peaceful protesters all day and night, but you got to understand that it takes only a spark for the peaceful protest to become an avalanche. And then these people start beating on random strangers, attacking people, and the, peace, the, the police bend over backwards, even violating your rights to appease the mob. That's the next story I have for you. An independent journalist was out filming and the mob attacked him. So the police arrested him. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? That's how things work. Over on TikTok, there were people who were being harassed for being, you know, fat or whatever. So the company banned the, the, peop- the, the victims. You know why? Why ban 300 bullies when you can ban one victim and the bullying stops? Then you can keep your users. That's exactly what we're going to see on the streets. And I'm going to bring that story to you coming up in just a few minutes. So stick around and I will see you all shortly. Independent journalist Dan Dix, who runs uh, the the social media Press for Truth, was recently at a rally where he got hounded and harassed by a bunch of people screaming that he was a Nazi. 
Long story short, the police told me he had to leave. And he said, for what? I didn't do anything. And we, we've seen these things happen. But now we're getting to a very, very dangerous. I mean, look, man, I hate to say it because I say the precipice all the time, but we're well beyond this, man. It's going to get bad. It's going to get real bad. They arrested Dan Dix. Now, I got to be honest. I know Dan. Don't know a lot about him, so I don't really know how to describe him. I was like, you know, I, I asked him about what happened. Apparently, he got charged. This is in Canada, by the way, in Vancouver. He got charged with disturbing the peace. I believe they just dropped the charges and, and released him several hours later. So I don't know how to call him a uh, libertarian, conservative. I just call him independent. I don't, I don't, I don't know what his, uh, what his uh, political alignment is. Now, he's been criticized. Um, they're criticizing him now. Totally irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. I don't, I don't think it's, it's relevant to the story. This is from the Georgia Strait. They say, Critic of COVID-19 distancing and George Floyd Memorial, Dan Dix, out of jail after being arrested in Vancouver. I'm not entirely sure why they needed to frame the story that way, but they say Dan Dix calls himself an investigative journalist and a documentary maker, but his antics haven't always impressed the big tech companies. One of his vaccination videos was pulled from YouTube, and in 2018, his Facebook page was unpublished for misleading behavior. In April, Dix was uh, once again raised eyebrows by praising a small group of demonstrators who gathered outside Vancouver City Hall to protest COVID-19 induced lockdown orders. I don't see what's wrong with that. People have a right to protest. You don't have to agree with it. And he's upset some civil rights activists by condemning a memorial for George Floyd, the 46-year-old African-American who died last month in Minneapolis. Dix thinks that if people can show up for events honoring Floyd, others should be allowed to attend funerals for their loved ones. How is this controversial? How are they smearing Dan for this? This is ridiculous. Dude, you know what, man? These people have lost the plot. This is the point. They, here's what this, uh, this guy Luke Lebrun said. First, he lost his $800 GoPro camera. Then the police told him he's under arrest. Then the media smeared him. Some of those attending the, dem- attending the demonstration didn't appreciate him being there. But uh, before the evening ended, Dix was out of jail and promising to provide revelations of what really happened. So, so what? A guy shows up. He walks around filming. Some people start yelling and screaming and the cops arrest him. Then the media writes what's essentially a smear. And the best they can come up with is if protesters can protest, people can go to funerals. I mean, yeah, the logic is sound, right? Now, listen. I don't follow, uh, with no, no disrespect. I don't follow Dan's work. I'm not super familiar. Uh, I've, 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 uh, uh, covered stuff alongside him in some instances. Like there have been several events where he's been there as well. Is the way I can put it. So I, I'm, I'm saying this because I don't want to speak on his behalf. I don't want to tell you what he, he believes. Not here to tell you what his ideology is. I'm just here to defend the right for people to, 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 to film, express their ideas. And in this regard, because of the mob, the police arrested him. Let me tell you how this turns out. This is scary times. You've, you've heard me mention this story over and over and over again because of how serious it is. Breitbart reports, journalist Cassandra Fairbanks reports people fired guns at her house after Twitter death threats. They also fired fireworks. She tweeted that they found casings, I guess. Maybe it was a couple shots. I don't know. She, she was armed, uh, uh, hiding with her daughter, and then she's since fled. There's a big GoFundMe to raise money for to get her out safely. That day, I was talking to a friend. They had doxed Cassandra, posted her address, and I said, it's only a matter of time before someone shows up. I did not think it would be that day. I know you've heard me talk about this, so let's bring it back to Dan Dix. And I want to explain to you what's going on. I have seen this happen. It's happened to me. I was at an event where Mike Cernovich was speaking. I was just, just outside filming the protests minding my own business. Some people then started screaming my name, but nobody knew who I was. 
Then these people started going to the police and lying and making things up. I backed away from the crowd, stood next to security, and I showed one of the security people my press badge from a major news outlet saying these people are not. I have no idea what they're talking about. They were they were they were outright lying and just fabricating stories. It was insane, like making things up about me. This one time he went out to this event and he did this, he did that. And I'm like, I've never gone to your events. I don't know who you are. I just came down here to film this one event. So that's what happened. They went nuts. Now, nothing happened to me. They told me not to worry about it and they wouldn't do anything anyway. That's how things were a couple of years ago. That was like three years ago. Now, what's going on? Now, when the mob comes, the police say it is easier to violate the rights of one person than it is to fight a mob. Take that to its logical conclusion with what happens with Cassandra. And here's what I fear. There will come a time when they won't just be banging on her windows and shooting guns at her house. They'll kick the door in. Someone will see the door get kicked in, and then people are going to slowly inch their way through mob mentality into the house, trashing things. So listen, listen, it's not like a group of angry people will show up planning with tactical force to kick the door in, to run through, drag someone to the street and execute them. That's not how it happens. It's much scarier than that. The mob that was attacking Dan Dix didn't know who he was. They were calling him a Nazi. He's not a Nazi. They were screaming at him. They have no idea who he was. And the cops arrested him. They arrested him. Think about what comes next. Protesters show up to a house banging on the windows. The cops get called and the cops say it is easier to arrest the person in the house than it is to deal with the mob. Not only that, it'll keep the person in the house safe. It's probably what they were thinking when they arrested Dan. Oh, this angry mob won't stop. If we arrest him, they'll go away and then he'll be safe, right? Think about what's going to happen here. Here's what I think we'll see. Protesters have shown up to Tucker Carlson's house. They were banging on the door. Not a whole lot happened. Okay, that was crazy. Don't bring in people's houses. We've now escalated about a year after that. Now they're shooting at Cass's house. They're going to show up to someone's house. One person will bang on the door and then someone will kick the door and the door will open. They'll all be a little confused, but one person will peek in the door. Someone will see that person peek inside and think they're going in and then go in and take a step inside. All of these incremental actions are how mob mentality takes over. And before you know it, No one had the intention of showing up and ransacking your house. But now people are like, oh, man, everyone's in here. I'm going to run in and grab something. It's exactly what we see with standard riding. What's scary about this is that it's going to come to your homes. Okay, let me show you this. I guess America is finally listening. Why George Floyd protests have spread to affluent white suburbs. At first, they targeted buildings. They were going after retail stores. Now they're in the suburbs. They've already attacked people's houses. What happens when a mob shows up and the cops are there and they scream arrest this person for something they made up? They made stuff up about me. They made it up about Dan. Dan got arrested. How long until the cops actually arrest them? How long until law enforcement hands over these people to Antifa? Actually, it already happened. The guy in Minneapolis, and I'm not saying he's a good guy at all, definitely should be charged with murder third degree made sense. They opted to second degree. They gave Keith Ellison, a guy who took a picture with the Antifa handbook, whose kid basically says that he's Antifa. He's going to be handling the prosecution. That seems to me like the beginning stages of appeasing the mob. So what happens? You will be a pariah in your community because you'll believe something. The mob will spread lies about you. They'll bang on your door. The cops will show up and then they'll arrest you. 
and you'll be prosecuted by Antifa. Now, when some of that happens, I don't know. But let me tell you what. There are some very small suburbs of Chicago. Apparently now they are seeing protests erupt, but the people aren't even from there. And so everyone's confused. Outside agitators are going to small suburbs and protesting and the residents aren't. What happens when a group of these lunatics shows up in your neighborhood claiming to be protesters who have the right to be there and the police just cave? I'm not sure how long it'll take for something like that to happen, but it's happened in the past. Look at Robespierre in France, off with their head, literally everybody, don't care who they are, got to appease the mob, and everyone just went with it. I don't know how far away something like that could be, and maybe, it, maybe we won't be there. But let me tell you right now, they already showed up to Cass's house and shot it up. Dan it was arrested in Vancouver. This cult ideology is getting insane. And what happens when the police department gets infiltrated? Now, that's the, the difficult thing. So guess what? The other day I talked about the New York Times and this grand battle where they're going to be, you know, taking over the New York Times, right? James Lindsay talked about how they infect an organization and then raise, you know, hell until they take it over or kill it. They can't take over the police. Who wants to be a cop? Who can be a cop? The cop is entrenched. So what do they do? They're destroying it. They're destroying the police department. When that happens, there will be no one to stop the mob coming to your house. Minneapolis right now is talking about disbanding the police department. Here's my fear. With everything we've seen, what happens when the mob shows up to your house and there's no cops? They've disbanded the police. And then the mob says off with their head. You might think it's far away. Maybe it is. I think it's dangerously close. I really, really do. Stories like this kind of freak me out. Let me show you one more thing. Mark Hemingway tweeted, the New York Times ran an op-ed that said, text texts to your relatives and loved ones telling them you will not be visiting them or answering phone calls until they take significant action in supporting black lives, either through protest or financial contributions. The cult is taking over. And it's only a matter of time before they show up to your house like they did Cassandra. Maybe it'll be in a year, two, three, four, five. I don't know. But I was shocked to find out that it was that day they doxed Cassandra. They showed up to her house. I'm not going to sit around and wait for them to disband the police department and then cross my fingers and hope the mob doesn't come for me or that I'd I'd survive if an angry mob started firebombing my house. I'm not going to wait for it. Sorry. I don't know what's going to happen or what to expect, but I'll leave it there. Stick around. One more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I'll see you all shortly. Toward the end of last year, it really seemed like social justice cancel culture stuff was winding down. And then the coronavirus pandemic happened and it seemed like it was over. I said conservatives are winning. The, you know, whatever that means, the right is winning. And now it seems like it's all come back tenfold. Maybe all that really happened was social justice got jammed up in the pipeline because of the coronavirus. And now that the virus is subsiding or whatever is happening, I don't know, it's, it's bursting out of the pipes ridiculously fast. Take a look at this. One of the most insane stories I've ever seen from the Washington Post shut down all police movies and TV shows now. I am not optimistic about the next few months. I think the rapid decay and collapse is going to affect everybody. And you joke about civil war, man. Like people saying it's not going to happen. Nah, I think it's going to happen. I really do. I think we're in it. And I think right now there's a battle for the hearts and the minds of the individuals. It's called forming ranks. Which side are you on? They've been chanting it for 10 years or longer. They've been making propaganda videos. Which side are you on? We have movies about police. Why? Because police are heroes. They are. 
Not all of them, but in movies, at least in popular culture. Now they're not. Apparently at like, I think it was Dallas. They took down a statue of a Texas Ranger. It's just a Texas and not a person, just the Ranger himself, just a law enforcement officer. Why? Racist. First, they started tearing down statues of the Confederacy. And I understand my, my recommendation is to replace it with a plaque saying like there once stood here this. And for this reason, it was removed. No, they're talking about disposing of these statues. Those who forget their past are doomed to repeat it. This is some kind of strange culture revolution taking place. Twitter is censoring more and more. YouTube is censoring. Facebook is censoring. It's getting worse. No one knows who's going to win. I think Mark Zuckerberg is, is, is trying to hedge his bets. When it looked like the right was winning, Zuckerberg came out and said, free speech. Then when these massive Black Lives Matter protests emerged and all the companies fell in line posting these memes, Facebook now says, maybe we will reconsider because Facebook employees are revolting. And now the Washington Post says we got to shut down police movies and TV shows. You know why? Because they're pro-police propaganda. Let's read it. Like many other industries, entertainment companies have issued statements of support for the protests against racism and police. Uh, Police brutality now filling America's streets. But there's something Hollywood can do to put its money where its social media posts are. Immediately halt production on cop shows and movies and rethink stories it tells about policing in America. For a century, Hollywood has been collaborating with police departments, telling stories that whitewash police shootings and valorizing an action hero style of policing over the harder, less dramatic work of building relationships with the communities cops are meant to serve and protect. There's a reason for the for that beyond a reactionary streak hiding below the industry's surface liberalism. Purely from a democratic, uh, I'm sorry, purely from a dramatic perspective, crime makes a story seem consequential. Investigating crime generates action and solving crime provides for a morally and emotionally satisfying conclusion. Let me tell you something. Do you know why cop movies sell? Why Fast and the Furious, which is like a rogue cop kind of story sells? Because cops are the good guys and the bad guys are outside of the law and regular Americans like the police. And 90% of Americans, including Americans of all minority races, believe that we should not reduce the amount of police we have serving our communities. And about a third think we should increase that number. There may be a light here. Although we're seeing the rise of fringe ideology, and it's expanding rapidly, it may actually be that they have lulled themselves into a false sense of security, which results in them outing themselves too early and then totally collapsing. It works kind of like a, a bacterial infection or a virus that slowly starts reproducing inside your body. And then once they have critical mass, they turn on the switch and start attacking cells to reproduce faster and faster and faster, alerting your body of the infection. That's kind of like what's happening. But maybe because of the media, they have convinced themselves they have more power than they really do. And because of that, people may react negatively and see a Donald Trump. Perhaps it's one of the reasons why Donald Trump got elected in the first place. And perhaps it's a reason why he may get reelected. They're attacking too soon. We can see the virus expanding and we can resist it and win. The scary thing, though, is we may lose in certain areas. It's not over. This fight isn't necessarily for one side or the other. And that's just speculation. For all I know, they could have already dominated a lot of institutions sitting in wait. And we don't know. They could be in every branch of the government. We don't know. I mean, we can clearly see them in the house for sure. Let's read a little bit more. The result is an addiction to stories that portray police departments as more effective than they actually are. Crime as more prevalent than it actually is. And police use of force as consistently justified. There are always gaps between reality and fiction. But given what policing in America has too often become, 
Hollywood's version of it looks less like fantasy and more like complicity. You know, they've called for banning Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the comedy show with Andy Samberg and uh, uh, Terry Crews, among other people, because they call it pro-cop propaganda. It depicts cops either as bumbling, silly fools or friendly neighborhood cops. And the funny thing is, the cops are people, man. They read the news. They're on YouTube. They're buying pizza at the local shop. You just don't realize it when they're walking next to you wearing street clothes because they're not in uniform. So when you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine and you see silly office shenanigans, yeah, it's because they probably do have silly office shenanigans. Now, there's a serious problem as our cultural institutions decay. Do we have problems with cops? You betcha. We need police accountability. And I think police reform makes a lot of sense. DeRay McKesson is a Black Lives Matter activist, and he's being condemned right now for saying things like cops shouldn't choke people. And I'm like, I think that's a fine reform. I think there are other ways police can restrain people. But the activists want more. They want to abolish the police. And they're going to start by getting rid of pro-police propaganda. Right now, there's a major movement literally calling for the abolition of police. And you've got Minneapolis contemplating disbanding their police. This is what I talked about in the previous segment. And I'll read it very quickly as we read this to give you an understanding of why they're calling for this stuff. If there are no police and we switch to community policing, what happens when a mob in your community comes to your house and yells off with their head? Who will you call? The police are supposed to be neutral arbiters to uphold the law and justice is blind. They're supposed to treat everyone fairly and equally and not play biases without a police department, which which does have its problems and cronyism exists and they do favor, you know, their friends and family. I get it. I get it. What's the alternative? No cops. So a mob shows up to your house and they say, we're the community watch and you're under arrest for what? Shut up. You're a bigot. That's why. Why would they have to adhere to any special laws? Who's going to stop them? There's no cops. And therein lies the scary problem. Look, man, I'm not saying cops are perfect, but calling for the banning, shutting down of cop movies. Now we're getting scary. This is where they start creating movies where the cops are inherently evil. They want young kids to grow up viewing the police as evil. But ultimately, what does this accomplish and where do we end up as a nation? There's not going to be some peaceful revolution. There's not going to be some beautiful overturning of the rule of law where all these activists can hold hands under a rainbow. When the police departments fall and chaos ensues, we get invaded by a foreign adversary. The federal government collapses. China, Russia, Iran, Venezuela starts sweeping over and controlling territory and taking over. With the fall of the federal government and a lack of cohesion for law enforcement across this country, infiltrators can strike. And I'm talking about legit infiltrators. I'm curious as to all of this. I wonder if anything has, to, if, if this actually has anything to do with police brutality or otherwise, or if what we're actually seeing is foreign influence and subversion to destroy the United States from the inside out. And maybe some people have posted saying that these, this is the remnants of the Soviet Union, the attacks they've, the seeds, the seeds they planted in the fifties. And even after they've long since fallen have now begun infecting the rest of our, our culture and spread. And this disease is getting worse to the point where it might not be, it might be terminal. It might not be curable. I was looking at the New York Times. The New York Times is in civil war right now. It, it really is 160 employees revolting, demanding they, rem, they, they not allow an op-ed from a conservative uh, politician. To me, it's, it's crazy that the New York Times came to this point, but they were, they were welcoming in their own enemies who are now surrounding them from the inside. So think about this. The New York Times may be destroyed and it's because they were infiltrated 
And now these people are demanding changes to what journalism is supposed to be. The New York Times has the opportunity to sever all of these people and save themselves. They won't do it because they're weak and they're scared. They should, though. The New York Times should terminate each and every one of these people who is revolting against what the company is supposed to be. But they won't because they're scared, because they don't want to be bigots and because of the rioting. So what are they going to do? They will empower these these insane people. And you know what the first thing these people will do? They'll say things like, from now on, we will never cover a story that makes cops, cops look good no matter what. From now on, every story we write must be anti-cop. That way they can get rid of the actual constitutional you know, law enforcement we have. For all of its problems, I get it. I get it, man. I'm critical of them too. But they operate under the Constitution. They're supposed to. They're going to replace it with something else. Ideological policing, social justice policing. They're going to say, you can't protest. You can't go outside. Right? They, they told us we couldn't go out and protest the shutdown. But then they said, you can, you, you can go out and protest for Black Lives Matter. Make no mistake about what's happening. The government has explicitly said, you can't protest. You can. The Constitution forbids this. Why is it happening? That I can't tell you. I can only tell you that it looks like it's going to get worse. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. Stick around. Next segment will be tomorrow at 10 a.m. And I'll see you all then.